Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Well, good morning, good morning. I did get a, uh, a text from your pastor, and he didn't tell me exactly to be soft with you. He wanted me to go ahead. Okay, so I'm not going to say exactly what he just said, but I'm obedient. I'm going to go ahead and give you the truth. So I just want to say thank you, all of you, for praying for us, praying for my wife, and praying for me because, you know, I'm facing, I'm looking, and I have looked, and I'm still doing it, looking COVID right in the face. And, and what I mean by that is, um, if I'm doing the will of God and I got COVID and die, to me, that's a good death. Why? Because I died doing the will of God. What else am I to be living for if it's not the will of God? Can't find anything in the earth that's good enough because God made me in the image of Christ. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to let the children go to the back. <laughs> see that? I already got started before they could go to the back. So there you are. So your prayers did work. And um, I did the 1010 like your pastor suggested. 1010 was where I went to Virginia Beach at this certain church like we did over at Trump. And I actually spoke on the 10th month, on the 10th day for 10 hours. The difference is... Um, I did longer, meaning I said those that wanted to come at 6 a.m. to meet me because they had specific issues that they're dealing with that I could pray with them. I did that. So I got there at 6 a.m., and for from 6 to 10, I dealt with people who had specific problems and challenges in their life because it had to cost them something. I wasn't going to do it like set an appointment for the next day and around their convenience, do it. You'll never get God to do anything amazing in your life without desperation. You, it has to cost something. Let me make this statement, and I want you to have it. Jesus paid the price for your and my salvation. Everything else we pay the price for. Let me say it another way. Salvation is given. Rewards are earned. Okay? In other words... You accept Jesus' finished work, what he did on the cross, and ask him to forgive you for your sins, being born in sin, shaping in iniquity. I guess all of us can look back at our lives without Christ and say we were not that good of people. We were bad people. But God loved us. While we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. So we say, Jesus, we accept your work. Thank you so much. Come into my heart. Change my heart. And then now use me to fulfill your will which is the essence of what I'm going to talk about today. Again, but let me just thank you again. I can't thank you enough for praying for me. It was tough. I, I, my sisters, my wife's sisters, came to see my wife uh, yesterday and the day before. And when I told them I got COVID, my son had COVID, my, his wife got COVID, and my daughter got COVID. All of us got COVID. My daughter got it first, and she is, hers was easy. But my mind was pretty nasty. It was nasty. And you, some of you who had it bad, you had it bad. 
I had a bad. My son, my oldest son, still is challenged with it. And we're praying against two blood clots in his left leg and two blood clots in his lungs. And they put him on blood thinner. And he's now in Jackson. And you know, when I look like it, it seems like it's been a long time. But I got it three days after the 1010. So I, somebody called me and told me the protocol and sent me one day air all the medications that I needed to take and followed up on me. I said, man, that is amazing. And my intention is to get all those medications. So if I know someone else who get it, I will not only just say I'm praying for you. Here are the resources you can use and do them the same way it happened to me. And that was a blessing. It was a real blessing. And your pastor, I just brought back the pastor, did my son that way, actually. But my son had a nasty one, meaning he brought him breathing machines. He brought him the medications. He brought him all these things. And so he came down here, my son came down here to take care of my wife while I was gone away. Well, he never got a chance to do that. He ends up getting COVID. And then I knew I couldn't come back here because he was staying in my apartment because I wasn't going to go into my apartment and get COVID from him. Well, guess what? I got it anyway. So what? That's what it was, and that's just what it was. So the way I was dealing with it is, if I die with the COVID, having done the will of God, having just fulfilled speaking for 10 hours and praying for people, just like we did you in 8-8, laid hands on everything breathing and consecrated them into the ministry. I mean, if I would have died after that, okay, it's a good death. I'm done. I'm done. See? Now, here's what I want to get, deal with you about. Heaven is real. This life of Christianity is real. No matter how much religion you've seen, how many faking Christians you know, that doesn't mean that's your destination. No, it's not your destination. You can be the reality, and I'm, I want to tell you the truth. You are somebody's reality. The fact that you're living godly, says that you're influencing someone to take them into the pathway of godliness. Now, one of the most amazing things about um, Pastor uh, Joel, Jose, yes, thank you, is he's consistently sending out devotionals every morning. How many of you get his devotionals? Let me see your hands up real high. Well, there you are. Now, what that should do for you is one, it should tell you that he's in the word every day. Secondly, it should tell you he's consistent about it. And then thirdly, you, you could understand he's doing what the Bible says, putting the word out, this gospel of the kingdom should be preached as a witness to the whole world and then shall the end come. So here he is from the testimony of what was just said to now being an ambassador for the truth of God to as many people as wanted. This is the transforming power of God. So now look, so now while I was sick, there are two words that God made clearer to me than they've ever been. One was this word called flesh. And I, will, I may not get to it this first service, but you can read it all in, in whether it's Galatians 5 or Romans 8. And this is the point. That which is flesh is flesh. That's the Bible. That which is spirit is spirit. Listen, so there are several words that mean flesh in the Bible. I want to just say, you, say this to you. This is what was clear. Being fleshly 
is an enemy of God. And it will never take you to God. So, now watch. I started Wednesday talking out of Isaiah 14. And what I didn't get to, let's go. Let let me just go. I'm not going to sermonize. Look at Isaiah 14. Let's go there. And then I'll continue along this pathway. Isaiah 14. And I was reading about Lucifer, Satan, and his fall. Was it? Was it? 14? I'm just, again, yeah. mm -hmm. And and he asked the question in verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? But it says, how are you fallen from heaven? Son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? And then I, I read something to you that is important to understand in terms of the pathway of your own life. For thou hast said in thine heart, see? So that means he didn't actually speak the words. That means God looked in his heart and found something there that didn't originate with him. So now this is a thing that you and I are to consider that whether you are saying a thing, whether you're acting something out or not, you are the guardian of your, guardian of your own heart. In this case, he was an archangel that didn't stand true to the nature of the creative order. Now, I don't want to be complicated with you, but even the angels had the power of choice in terms of behavior. So let me go all the way. Your life and my life isn't about achievement. I need to do a selah right there. Because in this world, it seems thing, everything is about what you do, what you accomplish, what you have. And we get credit on the basis of that. If you sing great, if you are a great teacher, a professor, if you gone to an Ivy League school and you are, have a great brain. And all of that could be the flesh. Great achievement, great responsibility, but none of it emanating from God. Now, this Lucifer was an archangel, one of the three. And watch, look, let's continue to read. Now, watch this. He says, he asked the question, verse 12, how art thou fallen from heaven? Okay. But down in verse 13, he says, For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. He was already in heaven. Right? What's he saying? Continue to read. Look, I, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. So let me just say there. So he had responsibility. So you can say that this archangel had a throne. This is what he's saying. He had a throne, responsibility, and he had other angels under him. You know that by the fall because one-third of the angels followed him. But they followed the wrong pathway. Now, let me tell you what's happening right now in the world. There are a lot of things that are going on. And when you listen to the news and you follow that pathway. Now, what happened with my relatives just the other day? They had taken the shot. I had not taken the shot. 
So when I told them I got COVID, it was almost like they rejoiced because they got the shot. See there? Uh-huh. You didn't take the shot. That's why you got it. So then I just asked them a question. I said, so you believe the reason you haven't got COVID is because you have the shot? They said, well, yeah. You know, I didn't go any further with it. I just, I just let them rejoice with themselves. Because, you know, these, don't get me wrong, these are all educated people. These people went to college. They have degrees. And some of them went to good schools. They went to good schools. But even a guy from the ghetto that plays professional basketball who didn't want to take the shot at least explained why not. Now, let me tell you what I understand. When I, I'm a Vietnam veteran. I've been to Africa. I can't even name all the countries I've been to. I, I, I'm a I'm former military. You have to take shots and to go to countries. And I went to uh, Uganda and worked with the archbishops of the Great Lake State of Africa. You, to go to Uganda, I was in Entebbe, only the second time those archbishops have ever, ever gathered in the history of, of, of Africa. I was one of the keynote speakers there. I had to take shots. Here was the difference. The shots that I took, the FDA and the CDC vented them, vetted them, for 20 years. They would not let any medications become available to people until they were properly tested over years. Doctor, he's shaking his head. That's Dr. Joe shaking his head. Why? The challenge with this particular one, it's only been out a year. So this guy, Wiggins, says, say, look, he says, I don't want to take it. Now, in his case, he went on and took it anyway. Because it was going to cost him half of his salary. Half of his salary would have meant $15 million a year. He was a $30 million man. So he said, hmm, I'm going to go ahead and take it this time. But <laughs> that money made him take it. But he still has the same question. What's the question? We don't know the results of what the effect is going to be one year from now, two years from now. Five years from now. And this is the statement he made. He said, I want to be able to raise my children. He says, I don't want to have a bad heart or blood clots. He mentions those things, which no one is hardly talking about because you can remember initially that when it first came out, Johnson and Johnson, right? They were the only ones at that time, uh, drug company, that actually had ever even done vaccines. No less than all these other drugs, Pfizer and the rest of them. It was new to them. Now you almost hear nothing about what are the adverse manifestations of the vaccine. You're saying it's a perfect vaccine? Now look, they advertise, excuse me for saying this, ladies, they advertise Viagra on television. And they say, men can take this. You can have union of the marriage bed. They don't say it that decently. They don't say it like that. But, but what they say is, if you take this, this could happen, that could happen, this could happen, this could happen. I said, I'm thinking, wow, wait a minute. I could be killed from the adverse effects of taking the thing just so I could have sex with my wife. But what about this drug? 
What are the adverse effects of it? See, the difference today to this generation is they don't do something that is important to me. Now, I'm ghetto. Let me say it like I, like I, like I am. I'm ghetto and gara by background. Meaning, I don't do the research and source information out historically. I just take for granted that what somebody tells me is the truth. And so, but what happens is I started asking people when they start telling me amazing things. I say, well, where did you get that information from? They say, well, you know, I, 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 a guy told me that. And, you know, and I said, what? I mean, a guy told you? Who was the guy? They said, well, well I don't quite remember. But I, I know it's true, though. I know it's true. I said, okay, okay. I can't tell you how many things I've accepted as the truth without validation. To me, that's this generation. This generation do not go to original sources and get validated their information by their own personal research. And they take for granted people will tell them the truth. How are worldly people who live for themselves, how are thou fallen, O Lucifer? Now, if I take you back to Genesis chapter 3, you can see that, okay, come on. Since you're asking me, you're begging me to give you this. So go ahead. Go to Genesis chapter 3. You're going to beg me like that. I'm going to go ahead on and take you back to the scriptures. Because, hey, I got to say, Jose, that I, I, really, I really love you again for the way you go after the word. And one of these times, do you actually need an interpreter when we talk together? You do? So, but you can, but you can, you can interpret? No, no, no. So, but I need, I only feel this for you because the way you're in the word like that. But I need to get with you at your house and take you through some of the theological research that I know that I don't feel I can give here because it would take hours. But I, I do feel like it would be of great value to you because you're in the word every day. Okay, I do feel like that. I feel it every time. I'm around here talking to you, and I feel like if I give the scriptures out to you, it'll be an advantage for the world that God has you reaching. I feel like that if I give it out to the average Christian today, I can't even validate they're in the Bible every day. Now, this is where I'm going to get you. Don't get mad at me now, because I'm just getting going with this. Why? This is ordained to be a great church. You have a pastor that started out going to school to become an attorney, and he did. And he knew the pathway he was on was going to make him a lot of money. Guess what? Money wasn't a great enough value for him. Being an attorney wasn't enough for him. He said, no, my life is not about achievement. It's about destiny. So when he realized he was called to be a man of God who would pastor and raise up people to be godly, he said, I'm going to lay that aside. I'm going to start a church. And this is what you got, changing the world, from a man who has changed the emphasis of the people who are following him. Watch. From living to survive to living to fulfill divine destiny. I'm talking about you. You are alive. Through the leadership of this church, like when he was getting up here talking, he was he, actually, I mean, this, is, this may offend some of you, 
but he was exactly the same as your pastor. I would say, no, no, he's getting, he can't get up here and stand and open up the truth and give testimonies about you and use the Bible as a reference point. And then your pastor would say, well, he needs to sit down because he's talking too much. No, wait a minute. He's the product of what he's made him into. So he should be able to get right up here just like the pastor and do exactly the same thing because that's what Jesus said about his disciples. The works that I do shall you do also. And look, and greater works. The goal of your pastor who's probably looking at me right now, if he's not softening it up at breakfast or something, you know, up there in Augustine or something, he would say, that's what I love. To look at this man that's been with me from the beginning. And I can trust him that if I turn the whole ministry over to his hands, he, are, he is the fruit of my labor. And that's what all of you got to realize. You are the fruit of somebody godly. And that means you are godly. You're not just becoming godly. You're starting from a place of godliness. So go. So look. So in Genesis chapter 3, look what it says. Uh, It's where God is rendering the judgment. And he says um, in chapter 3, To the serpent, verse 14. And the Lord said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. And upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Now, dust. So I, I mentioned the word flesh to you, right? And I said, read Romans 8, read Galatians 5. Both of those passages talk about the flesh. And as a matter of fact, in Galatians 5, it says, walk in the spirit and you should not fulfill the what? Lust of the flesh. So now who lusts after the flesh? Right? What? He's found it there. It's chapter 3, okay? Oh, yeah, he's in Genesis chapter 3. Okay, but Galatians chapter 5, it talks about that. So who lusts after the flesh? It's right there in that passage. Look. And thou shalt, and upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. So what is man made out of originally? Dust. So when God breathed into that dust, the breath of life, man becomes a living soul. So now he's really flesh. He's really a spirit with skin on. The dust turns into flesh. So when a person dies and they're put in the grave, what do their body go back to? Dust. So what he's saying is, he says, upon thy belly shall thou go, and dust shall thou eat. What's he talking about? The serpent lives off of people who live a fleshly lifestyle. And dust shalt thou eat all. In other words, the, what fulfills the devil's desires is to see mankind live after his standards. I'm going to do a pause on you right now till you get this. Because the devil loves you being a counterfeit Christian. And he feeds into you the stuff that will make God look bad. So let me go back even further. I said this to you, but it, it warrants. 
Hey, you guys ever look at commercials on television? Do you get tired of looking at some of the same commercials, no matter what channel you turn to? You got to say, well, why are they showing that commercial so much? Man, come on, come, why don't you make a new commercial? No, because they want it to become an imprint on your mind so that you will get do what they want you to do from that product, which is what? Buy it. But with Christianity, if we've heard a message, you say, well, we've heard that before. We say, well, I heard that before. No, no, the issue is not whether you hear it. It's whether you adhere to it, meaning have you put it to work in your life? So what I'm saying to you is, yeah, a couple of these things I've said before, but when I look at Christianity and I said Wednesday night, some of the leaders, my leaders that's been with me for decades, I've fasted with them all night. I've done three-day shut-ins. I've done 21-day fast with them. I've done 40-day fast for them. And then COVID comes and they act like they're scared to die while the essence of being born again is to die not in the flesh but to the flesh. Dying naturally should be nothing compared to putting the flesh under your lifestyle, under your walk. But now, here's the devil. He skipped out of heaven. I'm just reading that to you in, 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 uh, in Isaiah 14. So he tries to overthrow God, and God what, God, what did God do? Let's read it again. God kicks him out, out of heaven. Okay? So what does he do? He comes down to the earth. Watch. He couldn't defeat God. Now what is his goal? To defeat man made in the image of God. What's his strategy? Deceit. He doesn't raise his hand and say, it's me telling you to smile at that woman. It's, he doesn't say, it's me telling the woman, take off most of your clothes and let men see the print, imprint of your underwear. Uh, show your body, show your legs. The devil doesn't say that's me, but I guarantee you it's the flesh. Oh, you wish the Bishop Boone would just go ahead and be quiet now. Why don't you go to another topic? No, ain't, ain't no way that making your body an emphasis to attract men is from God. You, 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 you want to look good to the man. What man? You want to look good to all men? You mean all men? You want them to want some of you? Why do we call a woman like that? So what are you doing dressing like that? Do you think that attracts God? Do you think they'll say, because you got on the stuff, the dress is so short, the shorts are so short, the, the, the stuff you're showing that's cut so low. You think God is saying, that is a, you think anybody's saying, that's a holy woman right there. So what are you doing dressing like that? What are you doing looking like that? Because you've listened to the food that the devil is feeding you, and you've eaten it. See? And the devil is not saying, that's me. No, he sends around his ambassadors. The Bible calls it in, in first, uh, Ephesians 2, the children of disobedience. So you got this good-looking man. You've always liked this guy. He's tall. See, the guys lift weights now. They don't lift weights just so they can stay in shape. They don't run just to be in shape. They want to look good for the women. So the women, so they got, the, not, not all of them, and just like not all women. Uh, it's a little more murky with the women, though. 
but in that. But the guys, at least they cover up. But now you got a lot of guys, they got their body in shape. They don't put on generous stuff. They put on shirts. Like if they wear a large, they're going to buy extra small shirt. Because <laughs> they want you to see they got the cut. Look at me, girl. No, you're a child of darkness. You are a son of Belial. You are sent as a messenger from the powers of darkness to attract that woman to your flesh. You'll never get to God by listening to anything you say because you didn't come from God. And it seems like women don't seem to get it yet. So look, women. So here's the powers of darkness. So this is what I was going to say. So the devil could not defeat God he comes to defeat the man made in the image of God. That's exactly what he did, right? He came to the garden. He came at God by coming to the man made in the image of God. And he beat him in the garden. How? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Now, what I want to get to, I'm sure, I'm sure this, is where when I, this is when I get like this right now. I know I need hours. But I'm telling you the truth. Lust of the flesh. But what's the lust of the flesh? Anything that attracts you that God hasn't authorized. It's the flesh. I don't even care if it's education. Not everybody's meant to get a degree. Not everybody uh, needs to be a college graduate. Watch this. Let him that be greatest among you, let him be your what? Servant. One of the, one of the movies the last few years ago that sold was this one guy that, that served in the White House. The great challenge with black America is they don't know the redemptive value of slavery. The, the least they should say is that God could have made every black person from Europe, or they could have had them be white. God could have had them white, and therefore you could have had money. So who are you mad at? There is something redemptive about slavery. What is it? Well, when he finally delivers Israel, what were they? Slaves of Pharaoh. Let me tell you what's going on in America right now. See, if you read Romans 9, I'm just, I'm just referring to you got to go. I'm not, now, your pastor, he would be going to all this, but I got to get my message. I'm giving you the scriptures. You go look at it. You're, you're the students. So, so there were 10 judgments that came from God through Moses to Pharaoh. The first two or three of them also went to Israel. What was God doing? He was getting their attention that this is me doing this. So I told you Wednesday that God judges nations three ways. Come on. Is, is there anybody who remember what I said? Pardon? And the last thing, what are we going through right now? Health, disease, health. So let me say it again. Inclement weather conditions, he makes your enemies stronger than you. And he allows diseases to come over you. 
You can go through the Bible and you validate it every time. Every time God slams, when Israel was in favor with God, what did, they, what did then they do in war? They slammed the nations that came against them. In some cases, what did God do when Pharaoh was following Israel? Inclement weather. He caused the water to drown them. Inclement weather. And that's also how he dealt with Israel. So, but nowadays, because you hardly have a prophet, we don't know what's going on in America. So this is what happened. So God would bring these judgments. The first three judgments, Janies and Jambres were witches. Let's face it, warlocks. So the first three judgments, Pharaoh's magicians could do the same thing as Moses. That ain't no big deal. So then God turned the heat up because Moses had a God said. Pharaoh's people had a devil said. And this is what you got to distinguish. They both look similar. But as God turns up the pressure, what was going on? Every time Pharaoh said, I will. Okay, I'm going to let him go. I'm going to let him go. What happened? Until God killed the firstborn. What happened each time? Pharaoh changed his mind. But why did Pharaoh change his mind? Because God hardened his heart. This is what's happening to America right now. They know their history. They know they're doing wrong. They know that we, we, should, we, are, we should be a giving nation. They watch. But even with what's happening with the Democratic Party, when that person won that office in Virginia, and, uh, and uh, they said, see, because the medical doctor that was the governor, this guy approved of aborting a kid after he was born. He's a medical doctor. Did you know that, Dr. Jules? There we go. And you see, so this is, what, this is what was going on with him. So, but look, so God gave, had mercy on Virginia. Now, I'm, I, I lived in Virginia for 20 years. My wife was born in Richmond, Virginia. So I know about the statues. I know the history. Look, Richmond, Virginia was the capital of the Confederacy. So look, they may use the wrong terminology, Black Lives Matter, um, Critical Race Theory, 1619 Project. Look, a nation and almost every nation that dominates took advantage of weaker nations. It's like they were tribes. I mean, how did black Americans get over here in the first place? Tribal warfare. Who were the first people that enslaved? Arabs. They enslaved Europeans. But the one thing they found out they could enslave African Americans of or what do you know I mean Africans, they they did because the tribes in Benin in those countries sold their children to pay off tribal debt to Dutch, Portuguese, um, uh, Europeans, English, and America. America took it at a level it had not been in any other country. So all that stuff that that the news people is rejecting, they're saying. Well, we weren't that bad. Stop it, man. We were terrible. Terrible, man. But in the midst of it, God kept himself a remnant according to the measure of grace. There was a redemptive value in slavery. So what did God do to Pharaoh when when he said he's going to let him go? God hardened his heart. So what's happening in Virginia right now? What What are the Democratic people saying? That even though there's a signal now, you're going to lose the election 2022. 
This thing ain't about no elected knucklehead. This is about selection. It's the approval of God. Can God find a people who will yield to him that he can put his ordained leadership up? So the one thing about this woman, Sears, first thing she said when they asked her, they questioned her, the, 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 you know the lieutenant governor of Virginia? She happens to be a black woman. Do you get that? And he said, well, Bishop, aren't you proud that she's a black woman? No, knucklehead. I'm proud that she put God first. Wrong with you people. Anyway, ain't nobody here black in this church but me anyway. <laughs> so, you know, what am I doing here? It's irrelevant. I'm telling you the truth. You see that? I don't care about me being black. I didn't do it anyway. Think I think I made myself black. I can't help that. God did that. So, so God told Pharaoh, he said, I'm hardening your heart. That's exactly what he just did to the Democratic Party in America. What did they say they're doing? They're doubling down. Do you think I'm talking politically now? You think that's politics? I'm talking about God and the word. They said, we're going to double down. They, they, they reverse what's going on and watch. God is not in the conversation of any of the voices in America. So they're not voices at all. They're echoes. Did you hear what I just said? An echo is somebody hearing what somebody else is saying and maybe not even getting it right. And it becomes the main discussion point. But Israel was delivered by somebody who heard the voice of God. So who's calling America to repentance right now? Who's as bold as this bishop down here talking to you? Now, at some point in time, I might get so bold that some people might say, we, don't, we need bishop to go ahead on out. Let me tell you one thing that would make you want to get me out of here if you weren't serious Christians. One is, in the economy of God, in the language of God, there is no such thing as a transvestite. Preach it, boom. Preach that stuff, boom. Woo! Why? Because it goes against the creative order. What do you mean? God made a man and a woman. A man has the man equipment. A woman has the woman equipment. There are no in-betweens in the whole Bible. The most serious sexual offense to God in Leviticus 18, he says, for mankind to lie with mankind as with womankind is an abomination. That's just same sex. That's as bad as it gets. But to go so far as to say, no, 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 I can get rid of my equipment and change what God made me to be and call it something else. You think God validates that? Now, who is the nation that validates something called trans? Every person that does it is against the creative order and is suitable to be eternally away from God. Because what happened to Lucifer? It's a good message, isn't it? I mean, you just love the truth, don't you? You just love it. Because I'm not playing around. I'm not playing around. I'm not playing. That's why I, if I die a martyr, exactly. If I die with COVID, exactly. But I won't die having lied to you or compromised with you. I will die having told you the truth. There is no such thing as a transvestite making it to heaven. As a matter of fact, in Romans, what it says is 
that in chapter 2, reading in chapter 2, he says, God gave him up to vile affections. And then he defines, what's the vile affections, God? Man with man and woman with woman. To do that which is not expedient. That means I don't want to do anything that is not approved in heaven and is not a part of the behavior of the next world. So let me just start my closing. And I hate even thinking about closing. You know what I do? I hate closing. I haven't even got going good yet with you. And, uh, but one of these times, like I cornered somebody back on the, in the back before we came out. I had a few of them. We didn't think about it. But I had a couple of them going back there because somebody has to want the truth other than just me. God, God has godly people all over the world. But it won't be the ungodly that's going to get this church to the place called Glory going to be godly, non-compromising people. And what I got, look, you got to read my book, people, called Dare to Hope. I mean, you got to read it because I have in there the validations that you need in order to be able to have the standard. There's a chapter in here called, you know what I did? I love you so much. At the 8-8, I gave them all away. Do you understand? I gave thousands of dollars worth of books away. I care more about the values in the book than the money you can give me for it. You can't pay me for truth. I dug this stuff out. Like what I'm saying, I was sick just recently, but while I was sick, that's when God started talking to me about the flesh. And then the other thing that the Lord started talking to me about was most of the things that America becomes. Now, first of all, let's go to the Bible. Read all the apostles. Read Ephesians 4.11. God has said in the church, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. Read about in the Gospels. Almost none of the New Testament is about what people do naturally. I mean, whether they were a lawyer or a doctor, there are footnotes, but the whole of the Bible is about how to live for God. But you look around at the world, and almost none of the conversation is about how you live for God. It's all about how you live in this world to make money. And almost nothing in the New Testament is about that. So, so that's why people call it religion. That's all right. I'm preaching so hard the lights go out. It doesn't matter. The devil can't distract me on this. I'm going to get this through. Don't worry about it. I'm staying with this. So when I, so just this morning, I mean, I, I, like since I had the COVID, so I'm only sleeping like an hour and a half. I get up, hour and a half. I get up, hour and a half. But what's happening is he's messing with me, and I'm getting more and more insight. So, so then it came to me simply this. Think about it. Other than people like you and people like your pastor, when you look in the Bible, what define what people did in the New Testament in the natural? Now, you got like Dr. Luke. So you see Luke was a doctor, but it, didn't, it never showed you, showed him practicing medicine. We knew that, Matt, Ma, Ma, that, that Matthew was a tax collector, but after Jesus got him saved, it never was a discussion about that anymore. In other words, the Bible is about how to live for God. 
But once you live for God, you're not only going to go to heaven, God is trying to train you how to be godly. Now, what is that? What is godliness? So most define it as behavior. It is behavior. But it means you don't have sex outside of marriage. You don't lie. You don't cheat. That's a bunch of commands. God isn't just trying to command you. The difference between confession, this is all part of me, God waking me up to, and decreeing. Decreeing is a command of what's going to happen. Confession is about your admitting where you are. Confession is the process of getting to a place where you can have authority. With authority, the Bible says, thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be done unto thee. I don't hardly know any Christians that decree anything. Why? Because you've got to be close to God. You've got to be close to God. Because why? God ain't going to let nonsense use his power in your nonsense. You don't read the Bible. You don't pray. If you do, it's before you eat, you eat, and you, tell, you spend more time eating than you did praying for the food you ate. Don't shout me down. I'm preaching real good right now. Whoa, go on, boom. Tell them the truth. But this is true. So you know what's happening to me this old? It's, it's becoming, I'm more aware of this stuff. I don't want to go to heaven, listen to me now, in the shape I'm in right now. I'm living it. But when you realize God is all-powerful, almighty, all-knowing, how close am I to that? I'm a long way from being all-powerful. What is that? Well, I mentioned Wednesday night that Russia now and China are experimenting with types of bombs that we don't have here in America yet. The G20 and is based, and these, this power that we have in the culture is based on this mutual ability to destroy each other. They're saying if there's a war, our nuclear, our power can destroy. We both are going to be annihilated. That's what keeps these people, us, from being in world war. So it ain't based on righteousness. But a holy remnant is keeping us out of war, not weapons. A godly people who are praying on their knees, God, in your wrath, remember mercy. Lord, give us a chance to repent. God, sin, raise up godly men and women who will preach the word and convict the conscience of a nation. Though somebody is praying at the level that keeps God from slamming us. But the devil is getting through. And you don't have to be a serious Christian to see it. So, you not only have these people in the world telling you how to get more money, cheating people, murders. I mean, can you imagine what's on your mind when you, you have a, a, a voting thing like Minneapolis to say, okay, we're going to defund the police. We, we're going to do counselors. Now, I, I tell you, the friend of mine, right? he's laughing. He got a great testimony. He and Lazarus, I just met them. These are great people. I just met her. She's already going over to see my wife. And my wife was picking with her bracelet over the hospital at St. Anne, and, and she gave her her bracelet. Now, this guy here, that fact that he found a woman like her, that's an amazing thing right there. Because he got an amazing testimony. He's like what you were talking about. He was absolute nonsense. But now, he is so glad God sent him his wife. He is so glad to be living for God right now. 
you know, and then all of us want to be more godly. I mean, who, who don't want to be more godly? I know there's another level beyond me, but I seek after. God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So I judge myself with the power of the Holy Ghost to say, am I praying seriously? Am I in the word enough? Am, am, am I fasting in a way? Because I saw that fasting breaks every yoke. So you know what I realized, people? I can't do it in the power of the flesh. So I asked God, help me. Please help me to be godly. Help me to be privately devout. Help me to pray with a veracity. Help me not to be all about money and all about uh, wanting to be in control of everybody else's life. See? See? And, and then I turn around and I see he's helping me. I, I thank him a thousand times. Thank you for helping me. It seems small, but he says, if your favor was little, look, you will be faithful with much. I'll ask God to help me read consistently. Give me revelation, then help me live out the revelation that's in the word, Lord. Help me be an example that if somebody sneak up on me, I'm not going to be doing stupid. Oh, right now, I thank him for it. I don't have nothing to hide that I know about. I'm living it. But when God unveils himself to me, I can live this thing better because he's God. I, don't you understand? So, okay, let's go back. Let's go back. So now, the second service, don't worry about it. Y'all going home, eat your fried chicken. No, you don't eat fried chicken. You eat. Now, what do y'all eat now? The, the, what? Huh? Rice and beans. You go home, eat your rice and beans. Leave me here. I'll just talk to the people that speak Spanish, and I'll get my interpreter to work with me. Okay, y'all leave me by myself. That's all right. No problem. Okay. It's okay, there we go. We'll eat that. We'll eat that chicken. So if you go to chapter five that says of Dare to Hope on page 19, I give you the validation on Jesus and these great men that lived according to the Bible and what happened. And you gotta know that's you. That if you live according to the greatness of God's word, something is gonna happen. It doesn't matter whether you're male or female. I list in this book called, this book's called Dare to Hope. Now tell me if this isn't a time to have hope. But almost everything you hear tries to make you hopeless rather than hopeful. So I was way ahead of the curve on this. And it's not dated stuff. Even, there's no examples in here that relate to uh, uh, anything that's dated currently. This stuff is about history. I include in here... Um, the stuff you should know in all the different categories of the Bible. And you got to, and I give you the scriptures, but you got to look them up yourself. I'm not going to write them all out for you. You got to do something yourself. And then I talk about Martin Luther, John Calvin, Josephus, the Dead Sea Schools, the original, look at this, Constitution of the Colony of New Haven. I got it in here. And look, it says, they said that the scriptures do not, a perfect rule for the direction and government of all men in all duties which they are to perform to God and men as well as in families and the commonwealth. In other words, these people knew that if we live by the scriptures, our commonwealth is going to become great. If we don't live by it, God's going to allow us to be devastated. 
the greatness of this country is the consequence now of somebody having lived a great life. All that stuff going on with the borders, I mean, look at it. You turn to Fox News, all they're talking about are the borders. You turn to CNN, all they're talking about is the vaccine. Not one vaccine children. Five years and under. I mean, goodness, there is no record of not one kid ever getting the COVID five and under. But they want to do it. And then I go to BBC News. BBC News, they're talking about global things that are going on in other countries that we can lend our help to. I like that better. I like that better. And they're reporting news, not trying to sway you to a point of view. I like that. But with God, I'm trying to sway you. The Bible is trying to sway you. Because why? It's the good news. In every category that you could consider, the Bible has good news for you. So that you not only can not only just survive in this world, but you'll get rewards in the next world. I'll say this in closing. Why would you go to hell when it wasn't made for you? You don't belong there. Just like when uh, Ted didn't belong in a crack house. And when it finally came to him, wait a minute, what? These people using me. He said, I ain't never going there. He realized he's way better. He's way more important. Somebody's destiny is based on the life he's living. Let me finish the Isaiah 14. The devil says in verse 14, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I'll be like the most high. Look, yet thou shall be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Let me just say you, any person that lives from the impetus of the flesh is going to hell. Okay? That's as, that's, as, like, that's as plain as I can make it. Because the devil is the progenitor of that. God says, you are going out of here as far as you can get, as I can put you. Every person that rejects God, your ultimate destiny is to be as far from God as he can place you. Beyond that, when you go to Revelations, the fire the Gehenna, the lake of fire in Gehenna. My God, the screams, all the rejection. You think, P look, I took a test for PTSD. Dr. Jules gave it to me. He said, there's something not quite right with you, Bishop. That's what it broke down to. Hey, I just got disability from VA. Because why? You can't go to Vietnam, be up on a mountain, shoot bombs, be shot at. At 19 years old, I don't go hunting right now. I, I, some of my son bought me a gun. I got a 9mm. Now, I have never shot it one time. I got it. Because if I probably take it out and start carrying it with me, because I understand that Florida is a gun-toting state. Now, I know as soon as I carry that gun, I'm going to shoot somebody. You know, I know I'm sanctified, but I don't know how. So having been to Vietnam, you're always looking around. So I don't do that mountain. That stuff y'all do, y'all ski, y'all go in the mountains. You know how people, look, I've been, okay, this is, this is going out to the public. But on one of the boards I'm on, they, I, they give you an acre of land on a mountain area for being on the board. 
It's in the people that, oh, I love, they built a beautiful house up there. My acre, I never claimed it. Don't, don't, even, give, don't even give it to me. Well, I ain't going up in no mountain. Some people kill you up there, and it'd be like a year before they find out I'm dead. Just like just what happened on the news recently. What's that? That's PTSD. You got something going on with you, Boone. There's something going on. Hey, there is. I don't do hunting. I don't, I don't like the woods. All that stuff that relates to Vietnam, I don't do none of that. None of it. And I'm straight. Give me the, the ocean, you know, or whatever. That's it. That's about it. So look. So that gun, I know where it is in my house, but I never shot it. And I got three of those. Uh, it's a nine millimeter. I got three of those. What do you call them? Magazines. And then when I was in the military, I was good with that. So, like, you mess with me. And then the one that I bought has this little infrared thing on it. So that means I'm not going to miss you if I shoot you. I'm going to shoot you. And I don't know. I've been thinking holes like 15. Like, I'm just going to hold it. It's going to go. So you're really going to get messed up fooling around with me. I don't carry it. I don't carry it with me. I don't shoot it. I don't do none of that. But if I pray against you, it's way more dangerous than that gun. If I bind the devil over you, things will start happening in your life that will stop his work. Because why? The, the word of God, heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word endures forever. You understand this. It says, whatsoever you ask in my name, believing you will receive. I have invested my life to believing the word, to believing his name. Every name, every knee must bow. If I call his name out against the devil, something is going to happen. Why? Because I live a dedicated life to the degree that I know. I don't play around. There's nothing I do that I won't tell anybody about it. Why? Because I don't have nothing to hide. If God can see it, why should I hide it from a mere human? Oh, no. Oh, I got too emotional on that one right there. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, wait, I'll, I'll just do it for the next service in this. There have been men and women who've changed the whole climate of our nation out of their dedication to God. So what you're seeing now isn't permanent. All the negativity, you know, people are on their tents. They're stressed out right now because all this negativity everywhere, but not with God. You can, from your knees, get peace that passes understanding. You like God can do something in your life. I'm expecting several companies in here to just, God will come and favor you and, goes, and there's a few people in here I ask, have somebody offered to buy your company yet? Do you have a new revelation away? Because why? You can't live for God and nothing happens. You live for God, something is about to happen that's going to give God the glory that's going to be a blessing to somebody else. The pagans who steal and they, and they manipulate and they lie to get money, but that money doesn't bring them no kind of peace that, at all. They're wicked, and they live. They don't sleep at night. They take pills to rest. Why? Because of their wickedness. But your godliness, God's about to do something. Let me just make this statement. You're one revelation away, something that God knows, one invention away 
from crazy money. Why? Because you would do the right thing with it. That doesn't mean you can't have a big house. That's stupid. The house is going to burn when Jesus comes anyway. Get yourself a big house. Nobody knows your given habits. You drive, I, we, I was over there. We were over there. We saw Bentley the other day. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. Bentley, you, they don't have Bentley written on the trunk. They got a B. Well, B, what B? My, boom, that, uh-huh, there you go. That B, that's a boom car right there. Now, I come driving a Bentley around here. You say, well, well boom, what's he doing driving that Bentley? Well, come ask me. Don't talk about me. You think God wouldn't give a godly man a Bentley? That Bentley, the wheels on that car would start doing When I'm driving it, the wheels on that car would go, do, 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 do. Not because I own the car. It's because a godly man is driving it. I bless the car. The car don't bless me. That's the same thing with numbers of you. Why wouldn't you have a major company? Why couldn't you be a billionaire? Because why? You would have the money, but the money would never have you. That's the consecration level that's on this church. Healings. Mother came to me and wanted me to pray for her Wednesday night, her children. And what she told me was bad stuff going on with her children. I wasn't intimidated by it because my appeal was to God. Do you understand? In other words, there's not a thing going on with any of you in here that if I pray for it and I go to God with it, God is not going to say, ah, that's too strong for me. I don't know what I can do with that. God's going to say, exactly. I'm looking for somebody to have faith in me to do amazing things. I want to pray for you right now. I believe you are an amazing people. I don't believe I'm just complimenting you. I believe there is goodness here that is exceptional. Now, you know each other. You know some of you, well, Bishop, you keep saying we're good, but we're not that good. It's not a permanent state. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus is ever living to make what? Intercession for you. So we got a mediator that God meant in the heavens praying for you. No matter what's going on with you right now, Jesus says, if you appeal to me, I could eliminate it instantly. You become legitimate. I've already prayed for it. So let me just pray this prayer for you. And this is a prayer of consecration and repentance. This is what this man right here, Richie Ray, likes. He likes you to make altar calls because, um, you know, all, all of them, all, all, all of them, uh, New York, Nikki Cruz, David Wilkerson, these were repentance people. And they, want, they make you stand up and come to the front. Well, I never did that. I'm consecrated. It's what's going on in your heart that's going to make a difference today. If you'll let God come into your heart and change you from being nominal, just kind of existing, to being dedicated, God's already ready for you to put a new anointing. Say this prayer after me. Heavenly Father. Mm -mm, Nope. Only, Only about two of you saved. Say this after me. Heavenly Father. Here I am. I live because you want me to live. 
So I want to do what you want me to do. Forgive me, Lord, if I've sinned against you. Forgive me, Lord, if I've done wrong. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit as my helper. So from this day forward, I'm going to trust you to help me to be godly like I've never been. So in the name of Jesus, I lose myself from sicknesses and diseases and germs and viruses. May your goodness be upon me. And God, I'm looking for you to surprise me with amazing blessings. I'll give you the glory and I'll be a blessing to somebody else. In Jesus' name I pray. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Punch the person next to you and say, You got that, you got that. God bless.